Speaking of anthropology, my name is Dylan. And my name is Kevin. And today we have a returning friend of the show uh, and just friend in general, right? As well as, uh, I guess, in a way, loose research uh, partners since we've been bouncing ideas off each other forever. Uh, Kendrick McCabe. If you'll please introduce yourself. Hey, hey guys. Uh, <laughs> thanks for inviting me back here. I think this is my third time on this show. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the third time. Yeah, third. Yeah, wow. Well, welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome back, Kendrick, to another uh, show. Um, yeah, first off, we want to wish you, Kendrick, and to all our listeners, uh, happy holidays and hope you are having a great one uh, wherever you are. Uh, at least here in Fairbanks, it's still nice and cold. So, uh, you know, still enjoying it, um, the snow weather. Uh, definitely get getting more of a Christmas feel this year, being here in Fairbanks compared to being uh, back home. Uh, but, uh, you know, ho- hope all is going well for you. Uh, first off, how was your guys' holidays? Was it everything good? Yeah, I mean, it's here it's been... Uh not a winter wonderland at all it's 52 degrees out right now it's been raining it's sunny it's not it doesn't feel like christmas you know in that way but otherwise you know it was, it was pretty good uh what about you kendrick i know you're also not <laughs> really as far as i'm aware in a winter wonderland right so it's it's borderline melting like it's 53 degrees it's 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 oh so annoyingly warm outside. It's between like warm and cold. I do I do miss and long for the Fairbanks cold weather because it does feel, I suppose, whatever the nostalgic feeling of Christmas is, you know, like you know it's cold outside, you have to bundle up. There's that aesthetic. Everybody's wearing beanies and 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 scarves and and mittens. So you, you kind of get that. And North Pole is literally like 20 minute drive away from Fairbanks. Um, here, uh, you can still see people walking around and, and, and it, like, because it's 53 degrees and I'm in the Southwest, everything is cold. Everybody's cold all the time because they are used to like 120 degree weather. So everybody's buttoned up with uh, uh, air pocket jackets. Everything is REI, <laughs> REI, everything is, people walking around in blankets. It's, it's an it's a, it's a odd change. Melting when you said melting point, Kendrick. I, I you know, it's literally the the opposite of it. Um, yeah, I, that that's interesting to think of. Um, you know, every week that when we tune into Speaking of Anthropology, it's always Dylan and I talking about uh, Fairbanks and then Washington. Um, and now we have you further down south in the, a whole nother geographical climatic location. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's hot. <laughs> it's 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 melting here i uh there's absolutely no snow there are weeds and everywhere and you know whatever 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 the the quintessential like um the desert cactus with uh bulbs on it is kind of what comes to mind when it comes to christmas here <laughs> do the mountains have snow in your general area or are even they snow free you know, up in the Sandias, there there is snow. Interestingly enough, um, but like, uh, if you look up at the Sandias, like if I go outside right now and 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 just look towards them, there's definitely snow up there. Um, 
it's almost it's almost it's almost painfully teasing so you, you could see it up there and then like it's odd because I'm, I'm not sure what i'm not sure what uh balloon uh and dirigibles i don't know what they what they're their their like cold weather limit is but they're out in the morning and you just see these balloons and these baskets carrying these individuals past the sandias and it's it's different it's odd there's not but i mean i mean christmas is essentially over so I, uh, that's going to be an entire cultural change and then we go into new years and and <sighs> i wonder how new year's is going to be like here in the southwest like I don't know if you I don't know if you guys do this, but I've I've noticed that there once you like leave Fairbanks and get your your degree and then and then um, go to a, like another 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 place, you're you're kind of looking at everything through an anthropological lens now, while while trying to remain like culturally faithful to what you used to feel like when you were back home. So it's different. The the slight adjustments. Kendrick, I, I, you know, originally coming from California and then moving up to Fairbanks, I had that change. Um, and then especially this season of staying here, I, I feel that. I feel that. I think, uh, you know, if I was in California, I'd probably be, I don't know, walking around in an REI button-up jacket and, uh, you know, say, oh, it's so cold. And then uh, going for a run outside, whereas... If I go for a run outside in my button-up jacket here, I think I might hurt myself first by falling in the snow, and then also maybe over time, uh, hypothermia or frostbite. I don't think it's that bad, but eventually something like that. So I, I feel that. I feel that, Kendrick. <laughs> and I get the mountain thing too because um, from where I'm at, you can see uh, Mount Hood, right? And so it's always covered in snow, right? And you don't you don't really have to go very far. Like, um, you know, my family members uh, today they went out to uh, drive up just a couple thousand feet to go see snow. So you don't have to go far, but it's like an elevation thing. So where we're at, no snow, but you know that somewhere nearby is, is snow in a winter wonderland. You just don't get it. So. But it's it's one of those interesting things to talk about that the kind of cultural stuff is that it is a thing here it seems like we're part of christmas is when you're living like um you know down below the snow line is to make those weekend excursions right or to go skiing so there are a lot of folks who do regular wintertime activities by just making a trip up into the hills or you know uh out east uh so that's that's sort of how they structure their winter activities a little you know in fairbanks right like especially um like where i was living last year right like you just step out your door and then there's ski trails right and so it's a little different than that but uh you know it, there's you still have folks who who do take who are able to do the winter activities it's just a bit more spatially separated maybe so that's one of the things i noticed right off the bat yeah no um it's so it, it's like when you when you when you're in Fairbanks and then you step out you're in this odd and I kind of call back to a previous conversation we I think um, me and Dylan had is you're kind of more so in nature in Fairbanks um, you're kind of like as soon as you step outside you're kind of at the mercy of it if you think about it like even though you're like in the interior 
if your car give your heart car heater gives out, you're kind of done for the day. You know, you're kind of screwed to whatever else you're supposed to do. Versus here, people are getting things to go experience nature in some controlled sense. Like it's kind of like a theme park. Like you're kind of like, I want to be as comfortable and as safe as I can versus Fairbanks where you step out, you are you are quite literally at the mercy of whatever the temperature, the ambient temperature that day is. Um, so, and I, I'm still, I'm still getting over the little bit of, a little bit of angst when, when, when individuals of the Southwest are like, oh my God, it's so cold. And it's, it's like 53 degrees. And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> you are not allowed to say those words, but you know, it's culturally relevant because individuals that are coming from other places that are, that are either uh, way more humid or less humid or people that are coming from way more dry or less drier climates are going to experience cold a little differently. And I think I even had this problem in Fairbanks when people would, would, would go from building to building, spend less than five minutes outside and say, oh my God, I just walked through the worst cold in, in, forever. And the, the army mind of mine is like, I spent five days out in this, like you have no idea. Like, but there's you know, it's an adjustment period still. Like I'm, I'm trying to be, trying to be like whatever, whatever, whatever culturally equal as far as the, the temperature is, is I'm, I'm trying to like acclimat acclimatize culturally to everyone. There's certainly a cultural element to it, but then there's also just like the personal tolerances, right? Like, you know, some folks even in Fairbanks, right? Like they don't, like I grew up there and I really, I don't actually like the cold. I like the snow. I don't like the cold, but it also was just a thing that you kind of knew how to deal with. Right. But then so, you know, it, it didn't bother me so much, but you know, for some folks, even having grown up there and stuff, it was still like, no, nah, I don't want to be out there for like half an hour at 40 below. Like that's terrible. And for me, I was like, well, you know, you just do what you have to do. Right. So there's definitely like the geographic nature, right. Of like, you know, of course, folks here or you know in the southwest or wherever they're gonna have different conceptions of cold but you know at the end of the day even folks who are from those places or who grew up in the cold they might also just you know not like it and not want to mess with it right so yeah it's it is difficult maybe at times to keep it in mind right because you know when you do hear someone like ah oh, it's 50 degrees that's so cold it's like no man you want to talk cold what about 50 below right but then uh, you know it's like well we shouldn't try and make it into like some kind of weird misery competition either right because even then fairbanks wouldn't necessarily win right like in um in the russian uh far east and in siberia right you have places like i think novosibirsk which gets like is mostly at 60 below across winter time and stuff right so you know <laughs> like he <laughs> You'll always be able to find someone who's like, nah, man, I got it worse, right? So there's always somewhere colder than where you are at. I, I could say I can say this last week, at least in Fairbanks, um, you know, that that outdoor the mercy of being outdoors. It was 20 degrees last week and I took a walk outside. I was like, wow, it's hot and I'm sweating <laughs> just from walking around. Um, yeah, you know, I, I often think about also, I, I mean, for me, uh, I, I can't imagine walking in snow barefoot, um, but nonetheless, how about walking in running shoes? Uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, those are, you know, I, I see both Dylan and Kendrick uh, going, mm, that's, that's not a great thing. Um, you know, 
I, I see folks who, you know, it, it's kind of funny when my friends and I, when we go out uh, to shop these days um, and we see people walking, um, you can tell by the shoes, you know, some person, some, some random dude would be wearing brand new Air Jordans and you know they're not from around here and they're walking on sleek ice, not from around here. Um, but, you know, you see somebody wearing, um, you know, boots and, you know, uh, you know, just practical shoes, uh, you know, oh, okay, you know, they're, they're from Fairbanks. Um, I don't know, maybe that's something that's interesting to me, but I, I also was curious for both you, Dylan and Kendrick, how is it like, you know, when you are in a different place and then you start noticing different shoe trends, maybe uh, different attire wear? Um, I know, you know, definitely the temperature is easier for you guys, maybe, and you're more comfortable, more relaxed. Do you feel like you're now becoming, um, you know, the concept of a couch potato, but now a... Um, a couch climate person. I don't know if there's a different way to explain that. It's becoming <clears throat> so, so thankfully the gyms have opened back up. So it's the, <laughs> thankfully, um, and the way people treat their, their gym attire here, at least at this temperature, or like, cause uh, at UAF, everyone's wearing at least some sort of, snow pants or some sort of snow gear on their way to the gym because there's that that small gauntlet walk you have to do to the src in order to like you know get ready everybody goes into at least for the most part into the locker rooms because they have to dress down because they dress up just to get there here it's people are wearing like leggings and shortcuts and just walking straight into the gym and going like it's there's no, there's this, there's a small, like, we don't have to warm up because it's already hot here. Like everything's already kind of hot. And then there's this other part of like, there's, it's, I guess it's, it's somewhat foreign, at least uh, being in, uh, being in Alaska for seven years, people don't wear snow boots to the gym. They don't wear, they don't wear heavy jackets. They just wear sweaters with the intent of working out and then being done. Um, and I've always noticed like the SRC kind of had like these little cold moments where the heater would go out. So you're working in whatever, whatever you're at the mercy of the, the temperature and how, how quickly it permeates the building. But here it's like this really nice air conditioned temperature controlled. Everybody is nice and comfortable wearing the shoe trends are odd in the sense that I feel they're, it's much more flashy out here. Like everything is everything is neon. Everything is observable in the dark. If that makes sense, or I don't. I don't think. I don't think you, uh, the SRC at UAF. It, it didn't feel that way. Everybody felt a little more, not as not as flashy. I'm not sure. It's it's because of like more purchasing, purchasing power, more purchasing opportunities or something. But um, hey, I, it might just be because also because this is a gym in town. Um, and SRC is, for the most part, just for students, um, typically just for students. Um, but you know, the trends are the trends are entirely different. But also, that's not even fair either because UNM gym is not even open, so I can't, I can't, I don't have a you know student to student gauge of any of that. I'll be honest, man. I have no idea that with shoe trends or any of that here because. Uh, you know, it's so a couple things. One, uh, I generally, you know, the excursions that I do make, I don't have any regular um, 
trips like Kendrick is making to a gym or anything. So they're usually kind of purpose built and I get singular focus. But the other thing with um, the Portland, the greater Portland area, even like here in, in the Washington side of the river, right, is that um, you get so many folks from all over, but not necessarily who have come to Portland to live, but they're not necessarily from Portland, right, or from um, from Vancouver. You get a lot of folks who may be uh, coming from somewhere elsewhere in Oregon and Washington, or you get, you know, plant folks just from all over, from California, from the East Coast. So, you know, I, I think it would, um, I'm not, you know, quite sure how you'd go about, like, determining then who <laughs> what the co uh, the formal costume is like of uh of someone from the portland area especially because it is also you know so diverse in other aspects right you do have both um some very affluent areas and some very not affluent areas right and you just it's such a very you know with three million people right there's a whole lot going on you know and there's not necessarily the um the weird construct that weather creates in Fairbanks right where like rich or poor like you don't want to fall in the parking lot of Freddy's or whatever right so like you have these sorts of leveling things imposed by the weather that I don't or at least I think there are leveling things imposed by the weather that I don't know that necessarily exist here as much so you know I don't have any good answers for your question unfortunately I mean I think that you could obviously uh, you know, research it and look into it. I have not done so, but uh, I think that it's it's going to be maybe a bit of a tricky comparison to make just because of the differences between um, the greater Portland area and Fairbanks, but I could be completely wrong. So, I, so there is, okay, I don't know if you guys are aware, but an election just happened. Um, so I've heard. <laughs> people People seem to like to wear political affiliations, even to the gym, which is also an interesting thing. Um, I, I I was like, you know, very passively, I do very passively observe individuals, mostly because I would like to see them return, especially if it seems like they're dealing with some sort of, uh, uh, whether it be like confidence issue, bodily issues or health issues. I like to see when people like continue to make that, that like I'm going to keep coming every day and then seeing the people who who show up with these individuals in order to to gain some sense of camaraderie in order to bring about like a more um, healthy experience and 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 uh, positive experience for these individuals but in in watching this up until the election it was interesting because people will wear their political affiliations on their sleeves um on their shoes on their pants i saw one person that and i this is by no means a, a slur of any kind but the best way for me to describe it is murica so this individual had like all red white and blue workout attire and 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 very very uh captain america type type dress i'm gonna say almost a uniform and was sporting a uh, uh make america great again mask fine Make America Great Again socks, okay, and uh, a bandana for Trump, 20, Trump 2020, which is okay, great. The interesting thing, though, was he seemed to be way more aware of the, 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 the individuals in the environment 
than the typical person. If I didn't know any better, I'd suspect he was either a psychologist observing social behavior or an anthropologist. He, what I got was trying to gauge reactions. So as I was watching him, I was watching another individual who was also very much wearing her political affiliations on her sleeve, it was very much Biden, Harris, things of that nature. And these two individuals were watching each other. <laughs> and there's this interesting, I don't know whether or not to call it a power play. I don't know if it was a, uh, if it was kind of like, if I, if I felt like the Michael Jackson song, Beat It, should be playing in the background. I don't know if uh, there was something between just these two, there was something hostile about this, about the shared environment. Everyone else just seemed to be somewhat oblivious to this, uh, uh, not in any kind of like negative sense, but really they're just there working on themselves. They want their own time. They don't want to be bothered. These two individuals, they were keenly aware of each other. And I would, I would go as far to say they were very much playing this chess game in their mind of how whatever interaction would go with each other. And since the election has finished, that seems this, this whole wearing your political affiliation on your sleeve seems to has, ha has died down a tad. Um, not, as, not as America, not, as, not as, as, as liberal, it just seems to have come down a peg. I don't know if that's if you guys have observed that in in this in this sense. Maybe maybe I can start out, uh, Kendrick, and I think Dylan may have some thoughts too. Um, yeah, and don't worry, that song is queued up now, Kendrick. So we will be listening to "Beat It" soon. But I, I that's that's interesting to me because um, I, I mean you, you did mention earlier how um, at least in New Mexico, many people may wear more flashy attire or. You know, um, and I, I think, I, you know, I kind of reflect on myself, Kendrick. Um, you know, I, I used to wear a lot of flashy attire. And now I like to wear, you know, just just normal colors because um, the beautiful snow is already out there and it's already flashy enough for me. Um, sorry, it's a sidetrack. Um, but, I, you know, when you when you bring up this like political play, I, I think of a few things. First off, maybe uh, maybe Kendrick at the end of the day, maybe they're just trying to lift better than one another and then also campaign at the same time maybe it's a perfect spot for campaigning i never thought of that and i think it's a genius idea while people are working out really hard and on adrenaline pump some uh, political ideas into them um you know i never thought about that what's interesting to me i think is also the full attire i think uh maybe statement making is definitely a big thing uh maybe campaign manager really wants to just really work on their you know media appearances i don't know what it is truly um i don't see much of that here at least um in fairbanks at the uafsrc we are at a college campus where i think a lot of students do wear attire maybe with different you know a lot of high school students may come wearing their high school gear um you know university athletes will wear university athlete clothes um you know I, for one, have not noticed that, but I think it would be interesting, I think, um, as an anthropologist, <laughs> um, you know, it, you know, to see, and I'm sure maybe you noticed it enough times, Kendrick, um, but what is the next trend? Maybe is it, because I know now with masks and COVID masks, a lot, sometimes there's this debate, I think most gyms uh, ask for people to wear a mask 
But there are some people who don't wear masks during their workout and then have the staff go over and ask them to put it back on. Um, and this happens quite a lot, and I noticed this too. Um, but that that also, I think, is a dynamic that happens too, to, you know, maybe uh, sometimes these people are either being ignorant or just, you know, wanting to work out more easily. Um, and that, that I think I, I noticed that at least and that similarity. Um, you know, I, I see people, you know, and it also depends on the staff. Um, if the staff manager is a higher level staff at the, the gym, yeah, they're going to come out and say something. But if it's just maybe an everyday, uh, you know, desk attendant, they probably won't. Right. Um, you know, and then I start to consider then, you know, where the placement of the mask is. If somebody put a mask below the nose, yeah, they're going to say something. You know, if it's completely off, yeah, they're going to say something. But if it's like just a slightly a bit below give and take, um, you know, how much would you ask somebody to put a mask back on? But anyways, those are some of my reflections, at least Kendrick, of of that dynamic. Because um, mask wearing is definitely important and we should wear a mask. Um, but then to wear, how about wear a mask with content on it? I've never thought about that. Then would you be more inclined to wear a mask? You know, something like that. What I've noticed quite a bit of um, is more the buildings that'll choose, like businesses and stuff that'll choose around here to display political affiliations, right? So, for example, um, somewhat close by, there is a um, firearm and ammunition dealer where, like, they have a massive glass window with a Trump-Pence campaign uh, sign in it and that sort of stuff, right? Um, or... Uh, in August, um, we went to a town uh, on the Oregon coast called Coos Bay, right? And so that it, that is a very um, politically mixed area in terms of affiliation, right? So the, the town itself, um, I looked it up how they voted in the 2016 election. The town itself had voted, um, had gone mostly for Clinton, but the surrounding areas had gone for Trump, right? And so in that town, you had... Um, in the town itself, the Trump supporters uh, seem to be the ones who are more active in displaying their affiliations with that in that kind of stuff. Um, maybe in part because, you know, since they were uh, numerically smaller in the town, then they wanted to have better signaling. I'm not sure, but that that was one of the interesting things I noticed because um, we got there and, and the amount of, like, businesses with the um, signs and stuff well as a fraction was low it was dominant enough amongst any of the political stuff that we saw there that we thought oh so they must have gone pretty hard for trump in 2016 right but uh no the town itself had gone like 60 percent for clinton or whatever right and so it's a very interesting signaling thing going on there with the buildings and stuff and what people are choosing to display on their businesses and stuff right and, and so that was one of the things I saw that made me really curious about the that kind of political signaling, right, was if you were, if you did feel like you were um, advocating for a position that wasn't maybe as popular in your area, then maybe you would, you know, go um, maybe if more full bore on it, right, uh, you know, just to speculate, I don't know, the, the dynamics at play might, you know, I'm sure are quite complex, but it was just one of the interesting things that I uh, that I noticed with regards to the buildings. I haven't seen much of um mask stuff around here. It, 
for most folks if they want to wear like branded masks it's usually like you know just different kinds of things right that don't have to do with politics you know like i know uh the nfl right now they've added like everyone has they've added you know team masks to their lineup and stuff right so if you want to wear like a seahawks mask or whatever you can do that now not that i not that i ever would right uh go vikings but you know it's it's uh <laughs> that's the kind of stuff um that i've noticed around here but again i'm not necessarily uh going out enough and looking to see like do a, a good count of like who's wearing what on their masks but the what i've very much noticed is the building stuff right and what people are choosing to display on their buildings so there's a i've, I've noticed like the you know the, the the masks are becoming trendy in some way um people are wearing uh masks with with various trends people are wearing masks that, there's even military masks like camo camo based masks uh uh indigenous ind missing murdered indigenous women uh, based masks or black lives matter masks are all they all have their own particular there's a zelda mask like all, all they all have their own very variations and uh people in some senses are adopting them to make them look i suppose much more conducive to how they see themselves in society and and politics included but there's an interesting I have come into a few instances of individuals, not not only not wearing masks, but actively announcing that they are not wearing masks. And one of these came in, interestingly enough, in a variation of a mask, but not the typical mask that we're wearing in order to prevent COVID, which again, we all should. Um, okay, so you guys are familiar with Batman? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, we, we all know Batman has, you know, he wears a cowl for the most part. And his, his head is essentially all covered minus his eyes and his mouth. This individual at a uh, shopping center that should, shall not be disclosed was wearing a, a mask covering everything on his head and face minus the mouth. Including the eyes, was, Kendrick. Including the eyes. Including, including the, the eyes. eyes. Including the eyes. Um, apologies, <laughs> and, and uh, he was this individual is not alone. He was uh, with who I assume is is his spouse, who was also not wearing a mask, and a child who was also not wearing a mask. But this individual had pushed past not just wearing a mask, but adamantly showing I am really not wearing a mask. Like I am going, I'm going above and beyond what 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 society has deemed what may be very uh, preventional. Um, and 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 uh, actively against that um even even so far as like i'm i'm somewhat mocking all of you and and you know this individual was being observed very adamantly by everyone else in the in the in the surrounding environment very much aware that he wasn't wearing a mask and that he was actively going out of out of his way to do that um that was one of the uh one of the instances of like and then, and then it leads into other things, like as far as like if you wear a mask, you're a sheep person. If you don't wear a mask, you're a science denier. Like it, it this, and this is what we do, right? We observe these things and 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 keep maybe in some sense a watchful eye of how the cultures are are either working together or not working together, or the overarching of American culture, whatever that is. And it is so incredibly divisive. <laughs> And it's it, it, it's almost one for one in some ways, and I, I 
I don't understand it. And I'm not sure if I ever will. It's just something I've noticed. Um, yeah, that I just wanted to just wanted to comment on on just how how the other way it could be interpreted as well. I I, I have lots of questions about this gentleman, and I'm sure you noticed that. But the eye. So was he being guided to walk? Then, if I may ask, Kendrick. <laughs> So he, so he, he was wearing an actual Batman cowl. You know, like there's those Halloween masks where you can just like put it on and it has right. like a little rubber. No, this was not that. This was an actual like. Wow. Yeah. Everything is covered except for except for this. Yeah. That. I don't know. <laughs> I have questions. I suspect he. I suspect he. He probably wouldn't be receptive to the questions, no matter how um, how how polite or how harmonious I, I I put about my inquiry. So it was one of those instances of like that person exists. I don't know what else to what else to glean. Existence. That's that's a that's a. Well, we won't get into existential, existential crisis. Maybe that gentleman was having existential crisis in that moment, wearing a mask, walking through a mall considering what it meant uh you're listening to ksua 91.5 fm fairbanks uh, we want to thank kendrick for the song recommendation earlier uh michael jackson's beat it uh, we'll play it for you right here on ksua 91.5 fm fairbanks you are listening to ksua radio 91.5 fm fairbanks my name is kevin and my name is dylan on the show today we have kendrick um and I'm going to say this again, and it's really just cringe, but welcome, welcome, welcome back, Kendrick, to our show um, and chatting with us today. Uh, we just played a song called Javel. Javel? I'm sorry, I, I, that pronunciation is incorrect, but uh, what, what was that song, Kendrick, and um, why have you been listening to it? So, so, um, I'm, so... <clears throat> I've been getting like interesting uh, recommendations of things to to uh, of all kinds of different things from the grad students, and some of these range from like food to movies to like books to music. Um, one of the one of the grad students turned me on to a few different songs that were very um, uh, Native American based, like very very uh, uh, quick tempo um, intermixing DJ, DJ type uh, powwow music with contemporary lyrics and sometimes poetry. Um, but interestingly enough, I've gotten enough of that music on my iTunes that my iTunes is like, oh, you must be an indigenous person. We have something for you. So like, there is a whole iTunes, uh, iTunes, I don't know if you want to call it underground or unfounded, but there is an established, hey, there's indigenous workout music here. You should try listening to it. And it's not just uh continent continental or typical indigenous music like we're used to this is music from like mexico music from um other uh, other countries and all over the world that would consider themselves themselves indigenous as well so it's it that's how i came about that song i've been listening to that quite a bit lately and then um i've gotten into there's another another song for later um there's an interesting uh, uh, recommendation playlist for what uh, what is called uh, uh, predator captures uh, predator hunters on YouTube. So these individuals go out and 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 conduct 
um, sting operations in order to catch individuals uh, in the United States, Mexico, Canada, anywhere um, of, of predators seeking for uh, seeking young minors, underage individuals. Um, and oddly enough, they have such a following that they get really good music recommendations. <laughs> like some of this music comes from just their opening scenes. And I'm like, I know I'm here to watch a predator get caught and shamed and I'm for it. But also the music is really good. <laughs> like, so that's, that's, where, that's where that's coming from. That's, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, actually, Kendrick, I would agree with you. Sometimes it's these random TV shows that, like, reality TV shows that just have this catchy opening or intro music that's just, like, it opens you up to a whole new YouTube or iTunes algorithm that you never knew you'd be interested in. And, well, I guess it works. That's why it's an algorithm, right? So, um, once again, we have Kendrick on the show, and we want to ask, I think, you know, I, I mean, at least I'm interested in Kendrick and an update on what you've been up to these days. Um, how is graduate school, uh, both you and Dylan? And often Dylan and I have conversations on the show about the difference between undergrad versus grad, you know, academic endeavors and how far you've come and how much left to go and the struggles. Uh, last week we, t uh, or actually, yeah, last week we talked about writing techniques. Um, previously, we've also talked about finals preparation you know what that mental state was and now the post of, of now we're living in the holiday season um, and throughout this season so far we've talked a lot about also living in this COVID world um, you know and what it means to be an anthropologist um, a lot of topics and you know not asking you to cover all of them Kendrick but maybe you can in, in, in as, as brief as you can now um but, you know, just maybe chat with us a little bit about how, how, how everything's going and how's graduate school uh, as an anthropologist in New Mexico. Well, like, I mean, so for my, my ending semester, I got straight A's across the board, which is great. Round of applause real quick. Sorry. Let's go. <laughs> off, off to a great start. Off to an amazing start. Um, off to what I thought was not going to be a good start, but you know, you give yourself a little more credit for what you're doing. Um, because, uh, there's there, the mindset of like undergrad, it's very, it's very structured. Like here, here's a, B and C. We, this is what we want you to do versus undergrad where it seems like, okay, here's a, and here's C, but we, we want you to figure out how to get to what your B is going to be like this, how you get there is up to you. We just want you to, also develop your own ideas and also if you come up with along the way b.1 or b.a we also want you to incorporate that because we want to know that you're thinking about your own own thought processes in, in accordance to what you're being told what you're being told to read right now like it's there's a little bit of room for for play they're not necessarily concerned with 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 following the entire map of how to get to your destination, but how you get to that destination is more so up to you. Um, as for for my my uh, academic journey so far, um, you know, I would say the the conversations are much more complex than what we discussed in undergrad. Um, you start to quickly learn that you are not the only one with 
ideas that could be correct or ideas that could be wrong. And people are very keenly comfortable with letting you know that. Should you, should you voice something that goes in, in, in the opposite? Um, but I, I enjoy working in the museum. I love working in a museum. Um, I'm even giving thought to like, maybe I should major, maybe I should minor in some sort of museum studies because I actually really enjoy it. Um, but as of right now, I am doing uh, seasonal archival research for the City University of New York um, under, a, under a professor. Um, and she's looking at film um, reels uh, regarding aspects of my reservation and amateur uh, film taking um, back almost 100 years ago. Um, so I'm going to be doing that for her uh, this, this entire winter break and then doing um, a good portion, half, half the summer for her as well. But that's going to be involving um, interviewing people of my tribe in the surrounding area, which you know is is my specialty because I I am an uh, at least a, a training ethnologist. I think we can call ourselves anthropologists. I'm pretty sure we can. I'm pretty sure we can. Um, but as far as a training ethnologist, that is that is my area of expertise, and I it, it's almost odd because this is different in the sense that it's, it's kind of like you're I'm looking for something specific. I'm not, this isn't like how we do research as far as, oh, I have an idea. I would like to, you have to develop your ideas through other people's already interpreted um, knowledge that they have. This archival research is different because I was given something specific to look for. And um, this is kind of like an investigator role now. I'm looking for this specific thing or at least evidence that it exists and hoping that I find it and, 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 and you know, uh, at the same time worrying about the ethics of what it is to locate this object, and then and then utilize it in 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 whatever the most conducive, harmonious way is. So archival research is it's interesting detective work, and I gotta say I really enjoy it, <laughs> like a little too much. Um, but I am being paid to conduct this research, so I have to like set hours for myself. I can't. I. One of the other things is 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 you you want to be paid for your work like you don't want to do work for free and uh, interestingly enough this, I am a great person for this job because I enjoy doing this kind of work but I need to select limits of myself because I'm not being paid as much you know over amounts I'm not like on salary or anything so when my two hour workday starts at that two hours done like I don't, I don't look at the the pdf that i found i don't look at the pictures that i've seen i don't look at listen to the audio that i've located until the next day because that's how i'm being paid so um but if you can get into like archival research it's it's fun detective work like it's you know i mean i i have to email people and i'm trying to get in contact with long last uh, relatives of these filmmakers so it's it's interesting it's fun I'm glad to hear that you've been in, enjoying archival research and enough to, you know, maybe be a little more interested in, in museum studies or archival studies, right? Because uh, it is, you know, I personally find, um, I haven't done archival research, but I, you know, I, I, I volunteered and then have worked at, you know, the UA Museum of the North for some years now, right? And I, I even that kind of work, right, when it's, you know, um, spreadsheets and artifacts and stuff it's uh, I always enjoyed getting to see you know even just these 
all kinds of diverse physical artifacts and stuff, right, that you might not necessarily see elsewhere, Um, you know, and sometimes, like, going through and reading, like, um, notes that are made about it or learning about, like, the site itself, right, Um, and and so that kind of work, you know, even if it's not uh, directly maybe in our wheelhouse as cultural anthropologists, uh, or is a little is more adjacent to it it it's I also really enjoy that kind of stuff right and I imagine that being a detective sort of thing with the archival work is is really fascinating but as well um, sort of the stuff you're talking about right with setting those clear boundaries uh, you know between after your two-hour workday is done you don't focus on it anymore because you're not getting paid for it right is ties into some stuff that Kevin and I have been talking about too for the past couple weeks right with um you know how how your workflow has been um and that sort of thing so i'm really curious to hear a bit more about like what your schedule has been looking like in general right and how you found um trying to get things done and if you've been setting clear boundaries in other areas for getting things done and sort of what that's been looking like for you over the past semester oh man okay so like when you when you first start so like i remember undergrad there there's a little bit of leeway there's a little bit of like i could not do this and possibly do it the morning of i'm not gonna lie there were instances where i was like i'm gonna do this before class because i have time so right now i'm gonna play skyrim for about three hours i i there were those moments now there is a very clear-cut like I have to, in addition to COVID and, and the restrictions we're on, I start my workday at like zero or nine and then catch up and then just kind of refamiliarize myself with class that starts in an hour. I've already done the reading. I did the reading last week, but I just need to get it back on my, again. Then class comes, I finish class. Right after that, <clears throat> I go to the gym because I have to. There's no way I can't take that out of my schedule. Come back, eat, do more readings catch up on on uh, and then you have to be like also very cognizant of what you're reading if you're not like absorbed at all in the material stop that go to something else like there's no point there's no point in trying to force yourself to read just like there's no point in trying to force yourself to sleep or force yourself to do something you don't want to do and and in all honesty like just switching the readings to something else actually helps a lot because then you're like okay well i'm reading something else now you can come back to the other one later so finish the reading and then, um, you know, if you're a grad student who is dating, try to make time for, for that individual. And if she's ever listened to this, I'm sorry <laughs> that, you, that, that I, I, am, I, am, I am enjoying our dating. And, and, and the, 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 the other aspect of like, just, just making sure you get off time, just remembering to eat. And then, you know, in addition to figuring out all the other, cause uh, we have vehicles that need oil changes. We have to go maintain some sense of like being outside of the apartment. Um, I, I do work in the museum, so I have to work that into my daily schedule. I go to the museum, and uh, like like Dylan said, it's Excel spreadsheets or it's it's cataloging. It's looking through boxes that have not been touched in like ten years, and then recataloging them or doing um, doing uh, reports on their their con- the condition reports or things of that nature finishing that and then coming back eating rehydrating gym and then everything is is i i did take up a schedule where it's like eh, 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 and it was the same 
thing every single week um, with a little bit of variations depending on um, if I felt like I was going crazy in my apartment. Looking at the one before when I first moved here, I don't know if you guys could tell, but my apartment looked kind of like an inpatient psych ward. Like there was nothing, there was nothing, there was all white walls. I had one bed and that was it, nothing else. But then as time goes on, I start noticing, you know, there's there's other things to do, especially if you're in a new environment. If you uh, left, uh, since we graduated from UAF and went to an entirely different college, you're developing essentially a whole new lifestyle, uh, given given the restrictions that you're on. Um, but it was, it was very much things I, I could not negotiate not having. Um, the gym had to be in there. It has to be. Taking the dogs to the park has to be in there. Um, Yeah, so I think a lot, a lot of the mixtures of things that Kendrick was what, what was just mentioning. Um, and then, know, yeah, go ahead, Kendrick. Sorry. No, uh, the the oh, it says your internet connection is unstable. Let me fix that. Um, so the 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 plethora of things that are like um, very much not not negotiable as far as grad school. The readings, the uh, the the because your your grad student peers are kind of relying on you to get through class as well. Um, you are you are in some sense responsible to them to make sure that you your your talking points done, and then checking in with your advisor and 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 you know uh, at some point making sure the other grad students know you're alive. Um, you do need to make time to like. I guess I guess spend time with the grad students, and then, in addition to that, seeing family at some point, making sure they know you're alive and what you're doing. So it's it's definitely a, a different beast altogether um, than grad than undergrad. Um, it is oddly oddly satisfying, um, especially like if you come away with the grades that you were that you were hoping. Um, to get, uh, and then yeah, I think um, we may have some connection issues, but I think what what Kendrick is mentioning, um, and, mm. yeah, go ahead, Kendrick. I think we're losing you here a little bit, but do you want to finish your thoughts here? Um, yeah, no. Uh, I very much enjoyed grad school. I am I am enjoying it. I'm I'm excited for my classes next semester because I have three new professors that I've interacted with before, um, as far as like little meet and greets. And uh, you know, I'm excited to get back in the museum. I, I I miss the museum. I like having a place to work. Some individuals I've been talking to, they love working from home. They like that they get up in the morning and that their their computer is right there, their food is here, their shower is right there. That is, in some cases, the ideal situation for certain individuals. And that's great. I have no problem with whatsoever. You will not hear a peep out of me. But for me, I like going somewhere to work. I like having uh, uh, people peers to work with and I like that they they also like working with me and that we can have these you guys remember like after class we'd have maybe a little uh, a good like hour maybe sometimes an hour and a half or two hours of meaningful conversation based on what we just read and that would be 
to me, very fulfilling to have these conversations with you guys or Delaney or Taylor or, or one of the grad students if I had questions. Like that was very fulfilling. That is essentially not as abundant as it used to be. So that that's probably the only real struggle is just, you know, being cultural anthropologist, we seem to be in a lack of anthro in some so, some way. Yeah, we, we've discussed this many times, Dylan and I, for sure. Um, you know, Kendrick, maybe uh, to end off today's show, uh, I have a quote for you. I, you know, Dr. Seuss is, oh, the places you'll go. I think that's what you're living through right now. And I think that's what I'm, I personally agree with you. I need the gym. I need to come to work here at the radio station. I need to I need to go out and go skiing or walk around or roll around in the snow. I need that, oh, the places you'll go moment in life. Um, and I think same with Dylan, hopefully, uh, you know, that experience. Um, but yeah, Kendrick, any any final, final notes? And, you know, you've already answered the what is anthropology question for our show. So any final notes on grad school tips? Let's go go and get them 2021. Have a happy new year. Thoughts? <laughs> Um, we've already discussed this at length, but I, I've really been playing with this, like grad school, anything in general, it, it's not a race. It's not a race. We're not trying to beat each other. We're all in the same harmonious uh, ending goal of whatever, whatever our own journeys are. They need to work harmoniously. But this thing that we are also a part of is a ruck march in some sense. It is you know, Dylan, Dylan is in the ruck mark. Dylan is on the same road that I am on. Uh, Kevin, you're on the same road that I am on. And, and uh, uh, the other grad students at UAF, the other grad students at UNM, the undergrads, we're all on the same road carrying our own weight that we have decided to, that was the best fit for our ruck march and being urged on by our drill sergeants to keep moving and finish. And it doesn't matter if we take a break and sit down. It doesn't matter if we slow down or we decide we have extra energy and we start pushing a little bit harder or we push each other or we keep each other back if we are jerks like that. But it is a ruck march in the sense that you don't quit. You have intention of finishing this ruck march with the weight that you carried and that that finish line will come about eventually. You just need to keep leaning forward, pull your weapon into your vest tighten uh, get get your ruck, your rucksack higher on your shoulders and just keep moving well thank you for those uh inspirational words to round out our show for today kendrick so this has been speaking of anthropology here on ksua 91.5 fm fairbanks we will be back uh next week for another episode from 1 to 2 uh p.m so i hope you uh tune in in a new year. In a new year, everybody. In a new year. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks so much. Happy New Year.